Pastor Tabitha, did I hear right that you were talking to Pastor Tanner about the kids coming up for service today? Yes. Is there something wrong with that? Well, why do the kids need to be up here? They're, they're still little. This is the adult service. The kids have their own thing across the way, don't they? Um, yes. Well, do they, they don't need to be over here, do they? Why do they need to come up? Shame on you. Shame on you. You, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you not teach the kids once a month? I, I do, but over there. And do you teach them that Jesus wants to be their friend? Well, yeah, because he wants to be all of our friends. Do you teach them that Jesus loves them? Well, yeah, because he does. So shame on you for saying that they can't be here today. Well, but what about, like, there's so many reasons that they shouldn't be up here. But there's so many reasons they should. Doesn't Jesus himself say, let the children come to me? Well, yeah, I guess you're right. That's kind of an important part of the Bible, isn't it? So, so shame on you for saying that they're not welcome up here to worship with us. Well... Okay, I guess you're right. Um, kids, I'm sorry. Why don't the kids come on up and join Pastor Tabitha up here? Come on up and sit with me, and we'll listen and see what Pastor Tabitha has to teach us about Jesus and kids in the Bible. I'm going to back these up. So there's one. All right, have a seat. All right, so I'm going to tell you a story today, okay? And this story actually happens um, in the book of Mark, okay? And in this story, Jesus is, um, he's telling people about Jesus. He's wandering around, and um, he's, he's wanting people to know about how much God just absolutely loves them, right? And so then the, all of these parents, did your parents bring you to church today? Yeah. Well, all of these parents, they were bringing their kids to Jesus because they wanted their kids to see Jesus. Is that pretty cool? Yeah. I think that's really cool that, that they brought their kids to Jesus. And um, the disciples, though, the disciples had it in their head that children were just kids and that they just didn't need to be with their parents. They're not with their parents. They just didn't need to be with Jesus. And so they said to the parents and to the kids, no, don't bother Jesus. Leave him alone. Go back home. He doesn't want to see you today. How do you think this made Jesus feel? Boo, right? That's how Jesus felt. I liked that, right? And he said, no. What are you guys doing? Like, let the kids come to me. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is for children and for those who think like children. Let nothing stop children from coming, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Don't stop them. And then after that, Jesus opened his arms, and what do you think the kids do, did? They ran to him. And Jesus told them how much he loved them. Jesus told them how much of a friend he wanted to be. And then Jesus blessed them. Do you know what a blessing is? Like what? Like bowing? Kind of. A blessing is when somebody says something special to you or, or gives you something that you don't really need, but they give it to you anyway. Have you ever had somebody tell you something so special it made you happy? Yeah? That's a blessing. 
They gave you a blessing, okay? And that's what Jesus wanted people to understand. Now, I want you guys to think for a second. How did it make you feel when Miss Brenda said you guys weren't welcome to come up on stage? Boo-hoo, thumbs down, right? Now, do you guys really believe that Miss Brenda didn't want you up here? No, we know Miss Brenda wanted you up here, right? But it still didn't make us feel very good. So how do you think the kids and all the moms and dads felt when the disciples wouldn't let their kids go up to see Jesus? Boo, right? We don't like that. Because, well, do you guys want to see Jesus? Yeah, so you don't want to be stopped from seeing Jesus. Okay, I want you guys to think for a minute. If you could learn any lesson from this, any lesson from the story at all, what, what would you learn? What did Jesus teach you with this lesson? That Jesus always, I'm going to say Jesus always wants to be with us, right? Jesus chooses to want to be with us all the time. What else can we learn? Okay. That was a really good answer, Maggie. And, you know, everybody else might have their own answer in their head and not want to share it. And that's okay, too. Okay. I want to tell you guys something very special, though. Jesus loves you, okay? And sometimes you might feel like just because you're a kid, you can't do anything. Have you ever felt that way? Jesus doesn't feel that way about you. Jesus says that you are important, that he wants to be your friend, that he wants to spend all the time with you that he can. And do you think anybody wants to stop Jesus from that? No. Jesus, what do you think Jesus would tell them if somebody said, you can't go see him? To go away? What did they tell Ms. Brenda? And Jesus would say, shame on you. Let the kids come see me. Right? Because Jesus wants you. He wants to be your friend. Okay? All right, now, before you go sit back down in your seats, we are actually going to pray for you guys. So if you are a parent or a guardian of young children, whether it's nursery, preschool, or um, like elementary school, if you are a parent, I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and come forward. I'm going to ask you guys to go to the altars, okay? And I want you guys to go stand with your parents at the altars, okay? Go ahead. All right. Parents, I have, a, I have something to say to you. Thank you. Thank you for making your children coming to Jesus a priority in their lives. Because without you bringing them to Jesus, somebody else might not be. And you have the privilege, you have the honor of raising these kids
And, and we have the privilege and the honor as a church to help you, but we couldn't do it without you bringing them here. Church, I'm gonna ask you guys to just extend your arms towards these families as I pray a blessing over them, and then from there, they'll go sit down and I will finish. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you have brought us here today. We are grateful that you have brought these parents here today who see how good and merciful you are and how important it is that your children are raised knowing you and seeking after you. We thank you that they brought their children here today to learn about you. And we pray for these children. We pray that as they grow, that they will grow with you inside of them that they will grow to be young men and young women who seek after you and desire you, that they will know that they are loved beyond belief and that you value them just as much as you value anybody else, God, that they are seen, that they are heard, that they are loved. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, you guys may go sit back down. (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) Surprise! All right. Now, I could end the sermon there, uh, but that was for them. That's the message that children need to hear. We have a little bit of a different message, and yes, we need to hear that we are valued. Yes, we need to hear that we are loved, but that's not the point of this message. That's not what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples. See, in Bible times, and even, I would say, even after the Bibles were in, children really weren't valued much. You heard me ask the children if they feel like being a child hinders them. I didn't say it exactly like that. And their answers were, yes, that sometimes as kids, they feel like they can't do things, right? And and some of that is because, yes, they're young, and yes, they need to learn, but some of that is society says that kids should be seen and not heard, or better yet, kids should just go away and let the adults be adults. Um, and, and that's what's happening here, is that the disciples and, and the society around them said that children should just leave the adults alone to be about their business and that they just need to go and to learn and to grow. And it's important for them to learn and to grow, but it's not important for them to not be involved. Um, this is why the disciples said to them, no, like, just go away, just leave Jesus alone, because they, they were inconveniencing Jesus. But do you think Jesus felt this way? That's a boo moment, but, right? Boo, right? Because Jesus didn't feel this way at all. In fact, Jesus said, no, let the children come to me. Let the, Jesus, or let the children be a part of my story. And this turns the kingdom upside down because it's now saying that kids are just as important as adults. And that's confusing. That's different. That's not what society says. So why would Jesus say that? Why would Jesus value the children when everybody else said no? Well, stop and think for a minute. How often do we say, I wish life was as easy as it was when I was a kid, right? Or there's the the innocence and the purity, like 
many parents screen what their children watch on TV because they don't want them tainted by the world. Um, there's a sense of righteousness in the children, or in children, a sense of that's not okay. I, they shouldn't be treating each other that way. I'm going to go make that right. They, they, they hate that. There's no prejudices. They, they see everybody as their equal. Everybody is welcome. Everybody is their friend. And the most beautiful part of that is that they also see that I don't need anything from them. I just want to be your friend. And, and there's just this purity about it where sin and the world hasn't quite tainted them. And it's not different today. Um, several of you work with children, or, or at least you, I know several of you work in the daycare, and we see this played out from babies all the way through even my middle schoolers. Um, we see if a kid is sitting out by themselves, a friend comes along. It may not be a friend they play with often, but a friend comes along and says, hey, you want to come play with me? And off they adventure. They, they don't care who's watching. They don't care how they're going to be talked to or how they're going to be treated because they're innocent. They're pure. They have this deep, rich love in their heart for good. And I think that that's beautiful. But something changes. Or rather, someone's change from the time that they're children to the time that they reach adulthood, and even sometimes, unfortunately, before they reach adulthood. We grow up. The world paints us a different picture. We start to experience heartache. We start to experience pain. We start to experience prejudices, people treating us because, differently because of how we look, because of how we talk, because of um, how we think. And, and that then taints the way that we turn around and we treat other. It breaks the relationship. That's sin. It's, sin is what we do to break relationships. And, and so with that, then comes this camaraderie of, okay, I'll be your friend, but here's what I expect in return. And maybe you don't lay out the expectations for return, but I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. It's a reciprocal. And, and gone are the days where I just want to be your friend to be your friend. I just want to know you to know you. And that's what sin does. It slowly builds the walls back up and strips us from our innocence of children. These walls stop us from seeing the world through children's eyes. This sin stops us from loving one another with the purity and, and the unconditional love that children have to offer. We see behaviors in people and say, well, they must want something out of it because why, why else would they be talking to me? When in reality, maybe they just need a friend. And these, these walls hinder us, not just from bringing, allowing children to come to Jesus, because we say, well, they're just not ready. They're just not mature enough. They, they just can't handle all of the stresses of this world. So we're going to just cushion them. But it also stops us from seeing the world. And, and 
it hinders the least of these, not just the least of these in being children, but the least of these in being anybody who is different than we are. Anybody whose society says they're not worth my time. Our walls, our prejudices as adults put up these hindrances that stop us from bringing people to Jesus. And this is the problem that the disciples had with the children coming to Jesus, is they were the least of these. They should be seen and not heard. They shouldn't bother Jesus. That was a problem. Because they were hindering the least of these from getting to where they needed to go. Another problem, and I'm not going to go into this too much because Pastor Tanner did really good with it last week, was that Children weren't part of the inner circle. They weren't part of the ones that had the privilege of sitting with Jesus every single day and learning with Jesus every single day. And so if the children go to Jesus, then it means that I can't go to Jesus. Which we all know that's not true. That's ridiculous. You see, the disciples were yet again stopping an outcasted group of people from getting to be with Jesus. And Jesus chastised him for this. It wasn't just like, hey, no, shame on you, or don't do that, don't do that. It was shame on you. It was indignation. It was a righteous indignation because Jesus sees the value of children, and he was upset that anybody would think that somebody doesn't deserve him. You see, the kingdom of heaven is for everybody. And how dare the disciples get in the way of anybody that wants to come to Jesus. Jesus wanted the disciples to learn. Did I miss the slide? I think I'm behind. We should be on slide seven, if that helps. That is seven. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Jesus wanted the disciples to learn that not only were children valued, but also that for one to truly enter the kingdom of heaven, they must have the mindset of a child. So what does it mean? What does the mindset of a child mean? Well, it means innocence and purity, cutting out the things of this world that cause us to think unclean thoughts, unholy thoughts, ungodlike thoughts. It means no prejudice. It means to stop thinking about how they're different than I am and stop letting that stop the relationship from building. It's seeking righteousness when somebody is hurt, when somebody is broken, when there's a relationship that needs restored. Righteousness is doing what we can to make things right. It's creative thinking. This one sounds a little bit weird, but... We, children have a beautiful way of thinking about the world, what's wrong with the world, and how to fix it. To think like a child is to see the world from their eyes, to see the sin in the world, to see the pain in the world, the brokenness in the world, and what humanity has done to it, and think this is not right, and I need to do something about it. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to figure it out. That is what creative thinking is. 
is using the power of our brain that God has given us to change the world for good, to better the world. And finally, unconditional love. Not I love you if, not I love you because X, Y, and Z. I love you, all of you. Your brokenness, your messiness, your joys, your sorrows, all of it, I love you. We achieve this by valuing children as a part of the kingdom of God, first and foremost. So bringing the children into the worship service, that is just one form of it, right? That's only one part of it. It is essential for them because Jesus loves them just as much as Jesus loves you and me. The second part of this is becoming like a child. Now, I'm not saying run around like a banshee screaming your head off. But I am saying adopt those principles, adopt those mindsets that I had previously just talked about. Innocence, purity, no prejudices, right? Adopting those things into your lifestyle. Because when we accept children and when we become like children, then we too receive the kingdom of God. So now what do we do? How do we bring about this upside down kingdom of God? First, I already said it, I'm gonna actually have them leave this slide up. First, we value children. Second, we become like children. You can go ahead and just skip to slide 11. We, first, or we must become involved in the lives of children. First and foremost, we must become involved in the lives of children at every possible opportunity. Um, As a whole, I would say that this church does a decent job. Um, I think about every Sunday morning. What do we do with the kids every single Sunday morning? We pray over them. We bring them forward before they go to junior church and we pray over them. And it's not just praying like, uh, dear Jesus, be with them. No, we're praying that Jesus enters them and that Jesus, they they learn from Jesus, right? We provide learning opportunities to them through junior church, through hopefully through Sunday school soon. We, um, sorry. Um, We have other ways that we do want to encourage them. We, Wednesday nights, um, we, that's another plug for you, is that we need somebody Wednesday nights because the kids that you saw up here, they sometimes come on Wednesday nights and they're sitting with their parents or, or well, yeah, they're sitting with their parents and they're not quite learning about Jesus in the way that we would like them to. Um, that's another way to do it. We pray for them when they're at home. We provide nursery services for them across the way every Sunday morning. Um, We do fun functions like the trunk or treat. But we can do more. We must do more. Because if we are not more diligent about bringing children to Jesus, we are not any better than the disciples. I know that kind of stings. But if we are not standing up for children, then we are not any better than when the disciple says, sorry, you can't go see Jesus. 
You see, we can do more by investing in the children that are here in front of us. And there's a lot more children in front of us than what you think. Um, there are, I have four other ministry opportunities involving children I want to talk to you guys about today. Um, the first one is literally right across the drive from us. First Kids Learning Center, right? This is a place where the motto is literally providing growth and learning through the love of Jesus. I, that was a test, right? Through the love of Jesus, everything we want to do is through the love of Jesus, and we teach 144 kids that on a weekly basis, daily basis, Monday, Monday through Friday. Cindy's giving me her input, right? Think about that. You have the opportunity to impact 144 lives that walk through our doors regularly. And that's just, their or just the children. That's not including the countless adults that walk through the doors to drop them off. Um, you have that opportunity. The daycare needs you. First Kids Learning Center needs you to help bring children to Jesus. Through prayer, um, after service, I have some prayer cards that the, the kids are going to hand out to you guys of ways that you can pray for and pray over the daycare. You can do it by volunteering. Believe we, me, we need more people. We need more Jesus lovers coming into that daycare daily, showering these kids with the love of Jesus. And who knows, you may land a job, right, Mr. John, wherever he's at or not at right now? He's with the kids. <laughs> um, right? Or, or Miss Abby, who's also with the kids. Um, those are just two of our church members that ended up volunteering and then becoming employees of the daycare. Um, if you are interested in volunteering, that woman right there, stand up and wave. That's not a stand. I already told her and she rolled her eyes at me earlier this week when I told her she was standing up, right? Talk to Cindy. Get plugged in with this daycare, whether it's through prayer or whether it's through volunteering. Um, and the next one is Kids Hope USA. Um, this one had a little bit of hiccups due to COVID and the in and out of school and whatnot. But we are part of this Kids Hope USA mentoring program where we as the church have the opportunity to go into the schools and to one-on-one -on -one mentor children. And, and these children, are they've got some rough lives. They need somebody. They need a positive, Jesus-loving influence in their life to help them with their struggles. Um, so you have the opportunity to be a mentor. Well, if you don't think you can be a mentor, if you've got a job or you've got health issues, things like that, that hinder you from being a mentor, become a prayer partner. It's loving on children is hard work to do. But being, being a prayer partner, coming alongside a mentor and praying with them for their struggles with, with whatever's going on in the kids' lives because they, they can't talk about it. Um, my husband was a mentor. He didn't know I was going to say this. And I could see the, the struggle he was going through, and he couldn't talk to me about it. But that prayer partner can be that person, and they can pray for each other, and they can lift each other up in prayer. 
so you can be a prayer partner. And then the last one is there's a small expense to Hope USA. Not yet. I'm still talking about Kids Hope. There's a small expense to Kids Hope USA. It's really small. If you feel like God is leading you to help cover the, the cost, then um, use your tithe envelopes and to put your money in it and write on there, Kids Hope USA, slip it in the offering box, and we will know to put that towards being able to pay for this mentorship program. The next one, this one's short, much shorter. Go ahead, sir. Or whoever's doing it. This one's much shorter. Get involved. Get involved in your local schools, whether it's through the PTA, whether it's um, connecting with teachers one-on-one, buying school supplies. Call the, or call the secretaries at the school. Um, teachers need your help because they're in this time frame where things are hard for them too. They're always planning for the unknown and they could use you. They could use your prayer and you are still investing in the lives of children, investing in making their lives a little bit less stressful. And the last one is um, becoming a child sponsor. Um, The Church of the Nazarene has what we have, or is called NCM, child sponsorship. It's really hard to remember, right? Um, $30 a month. The daycare actually has a child that we sponsor. And for $30 a month, um, we, we make sure that this kid is getting food, their bills are paid, he's invested in his schooling, um, Christmas presents are bought with this money, right? There's a lot that goes into loving this child. And then we get pen pal correspondence. We get to write letters back and forth. Um, for more information on that, you can either visit ncm.org slash sponsorship. That's right there. Or talk to Cassie. Um, I'm going to go back to Kids Hope really quick. Those of you that don't know who to talk to about Kids Hope, that's Tanya. Right there. You're going to talk to Tanya for more information about Kids Hope. Be involved, right? This gives you, like, I, I gave you three concrete examples, and you have been given more examples throughout the sermon today. Be involved in the lives of your children. Be involved in these lives. Because, again, if you look at your screen, if we fail to bring children to Jesus, then we become like the disciples, hindering the least of these as they pursue a relationship with Jesus. Don't be like the disciples in that manner. <laughs> in a lot of ways we want to be like the disciples. But don't be like the disciples saying, no, you can't go see Jesus. When we creatively engage in bringing children to Jesus, though, we are offering the children the kingdom of God. We are offering an outcasted group the opportunity to be equals with us in receiving the kingdom of heaven. That's what the upside-down kingdom looks like. Into the, ah, there we go. When we invite children into the kingdom of God, we have the opportunity to learn from them and to become like them. This is how we ourselves enter the kingdom of God. Church, bring the children to Jesus' feet. Let them be loved by him. Let them be blessed by him. We are called to bring them to him, to become like him. And then we all together get to enter into this upside down kingdom called the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God belongs to children and it belongs to those that think like children.